this is Classical Music Decoded with me, Dino Madrumuthu. In this podcast, we take a closer look at popular works of classical music in order to better appreciate them. Antonin Dvorak's Ninth Symphony is enormously popular. It's a rousing, uplifting work that will get the audience cheering at the end. With this symphony, Dvorak deftly captured the exuberance and optimism of the USA. It was simply known as the Symphony No. 9 in E minor, but shortly before the premiere, which took place in New York in 1893, Dvorak added the subtitle, From the New World. Ever since, it's been known as the New World Symphony. In the late 1800s, a wealthy American named Jeanette Thurber founded the National Conservatory of Music in New York. She asked Antonin Dvorak, who was living in Prague at the time, to be the director of the conservatory, but he was reluctant to take up the position because he considered himself, in his words, a simple Czech musician. But Thurber dangled before him a generous salary, and Dvořák arrived in the US in 1892. He had a look around, assessing the music scene, and suggested that American composers should draw inspiration from American rather than European music. He also concluded that the future of music in the USA must be founded on what he called Negro melodies. A few months after he arrived in the USA, Dvořák began composing his Symphony No. 9. The question is, did he follow his own advice? Did he use Native American and African American songs in his work? In a letter to the conductor Oscar Nedbal, Dvořák was clear that he did not. He did have some exposure to African-American spirituals, mainly through one of his students, a man named Harry Burley. Perhaps this was unintentional, but it seems Dvořák did use a fragment from a famous African-American spiritual in the New World Symphony, but we'll come to that later. With his Symphony No. 9, Dvořák sought to capture the mood and spirit of American music rather than use actual melodies native to that land. In the first movement, there's a peaceful, understated opening by the low strings, before the horn breaks through. Flutes and other woodwinds come in, but then there's suddenly a dramatic intervention by the double basses, cellos, timpani and brass that completely obliterates the peaceful mood established thus far. The effect of this dramatic intervention is that it ratchets up the tension. The tension builds and culminates in a drum roll, after which the first theme is introduced by the French horn. This theme is joyful in nature and eases some of the tension established in the build-up to it. There's also an oboe melody that creates a feeling of playfulness and to my mind, there's something childlike about it. (laughs) 
Now this is where things get interesting. Many people around the world are familiar with the African-American spiritual Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. The first two lines are Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, coming forward to carry me home. Well, there's a theme in this movement that's a combination of the opening horn theme as well as the coming forward to carry me home part. Take a listen. Now, I'll be the first to admit that it's not a replication of Coming For To Carry Me Home, but there are strong similarities. It does make me wonder, was this where Dvorak incorporated African-American music into the symphony? You'll hear this melody again in the movement, so you can decide. Now let's move on to the second movement. Dvorak wanted to write an opera based on The Song of Hiawatha, a poem by the American Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He made a few sketches, but then abandoned the project. But it seems he used some of these musical sketches in the New World Symphony. The movement opens with a series of chords by the trumpets and other brass instruments. This leads up to the first theme from the second movement, which is played by the cor anglais, or English horn. It's prayerful and heartfelt, and is sometimes referred to as the Largo from the Symphony No. 9. This is what it sounds like. This melody took on a life of its own after William Arms Fisher, one of Dvorak's students, put words to it. In 1922, it was published as a song called Goin' Home. This theme appears later in the work, and for the sake of convenience, I'll refer to it as the Goin' Home theme. The movement then completely changes track with a different melody by the oboe, there's a key change and the woodwinds play on top of a walking bass line. There's a sad, lyrical quality about this melody that, to me, is typical of Dvorak.
two themes from the first movement appears fragments played by the brass and violins before the going home melody returns. The second movement ends as it began, with the chords played by the brass. The third movement is marked molto vivace, which means very lively, and that's exactly how the movement begins. There's a dazzling cascade of notes, most prominent of which is a descending figure played by the trombones. There's a lovely contrast between the brightness of the flutes and the violins, and the low sonority of the trombones and the timpani. There's plenty of work for the timpanist and a bit to do for the triangle too. This part of the movement has strong, driving rhythms and is reminiscent of Czech folk dances, which inspired some of Dvořák's music. It's followed by a trio section. Now you'll find the trio in the third movement of a symphony, and its purpose is to provide some contrast to whatever immediately precedes it, and also to introduce some lightness into the movement. The trio is played by a small group of instruments, though it doesn't have to be three instruments, it can be more. The trio here sounds idyllic and calms things down a bit. There's a return to the strong, driving theme that opened the movement before going into a second trio, one that has a feel of a gentle, mannered folk dance. Dvořák punctuates this movement with little snippets of the opening theme from the first movement. In case you've forgotten, this is what it sounds like. The opening of the fourth movement reminds me of the shark theme from the movie Jaws. It was played whenever the shark approached, and it sounds like this.
Now here's the beginning of the fourth movement. Well, to my ears, there's a bit of similarity between the opening to the fourth movement of the New World Symphony and the shark theme from the movie Jaws, and the shark theme was composed by John Williams. Now, following that, there's a bright, assertive announcement by the horns and the trumpets, and this is the main theme of the fourth movement. Thereafter, a clarinet introduces something calming, and it's followed by a short but lyrical part played by the strings. This transforms into a lively, elfin melody played on the bassoon. This final movement is littered with themes from preceding movements, but they are sometimes played in fragments and are fleeting, so it's easy to miss them. The going home theme from the second movement makes an appearance, and it's played by the flutes. There is also the opening theme from the first movement. And you might recognize this, the chords that open and close the second movement. The ending is big and brassy, and the main theme from the final movement is played, and the symphony concludes with a few lively orchestral stabs. There is much discussion about Dvorak's New World Symphony, about how much of it is Czech and how much is American. 
Those who are familiar with Dvořák's work will recognize his signature style, especially how his treatment of rhythm seems to be steeped in folk dances, and how he evokes the peacefulness of the countryside. There is definitely something bohemian about the symphony, and it sounds very much like what it is, the work of a Czech nationalist composer. Yet at the same time, there's no denying that there is something different about the new world compared to Dvořák's other symphonies. There's a difference in temperament, if you will. It just feels different, a little foreign, perhaps. Maybe that's the American part. So that was Antonin Dvořák's Symphony No. 9 in E minor from the New World. This is Classical Music Decoded with me, Dino Madrumuthu. This podcast was produced by Cantata Media. Take a listen to the other episodes in the series.